Welcome to the A Catholic Life Podcast. I am Matthew, the author of A Catholic Life, welcoming you to Episode 9 of the A Catholic Life Podcast. In today's episode, published on Low Sunday, also known as Quasimodo Sunday, I'd like to go over the following topics for this week for those seeking to live a truly Catholic liturgical life. First is Low Sunday. What is today? is really the Sunday of many different names. Where does it come from, and what are different customs we can do to honor this particular Sunday in the liturgical year? Two, I'd like to discuss a common issue I see amongst liturgically-minded Catholics, and that is, is penance, such as fasting or abstinence, or other forms of penance, appropriate, even wrong or evil to be done during Paschal time? What does the Church's tradition teach us and show us regarding this as a definitive answer? And lastly, I'd like to discuss the uh, almost election of Cardinal Rampolla to the papacy. It's really one of those pieces of history I only recently learned about. It's been virtually entirely forgotten. I've never heard it mentioned. But basically, Cardinal Rampolla was going to be elected pope, and his election was vetoed by a monarch in 1903, thus paving the way for ultimately saint uh, Pius x to be elected pope it's a very interesting piece of history something that's not taught i've never seen it even taught in a catholic history curriculum and i'd like to go over some of the highlights today regarding it from a recent article that i wrote for catholic for uh, the fatima center i would first of all though like to thank catechismclass.com for sponsoring today's episode CatechismClass.com is the leader in online Catholic catechism classes, offering everything from online K-12 programs, RCIA classes, adult continuing education, marriage preparation, baptism preparation for godparents and parents, confirmation prep, keensay classes, catechist training courses, and so much more. So if you or anybody you know is interested in learning the faith, if you want to buy them a course or recommend these courses, these online self-study courses are truly one of the best ways you can do to help people learn and live out the Catholic faith. And catechismclass.com is offering 25% off their Easter season course right now. If you want to learn uh, more about the different Sundays of the Paschal season, the readings from those traditions, different catechism teachings that apply to those, please check out that course. It will be in the show notes. And please use discount code EASTER25, all together with a capital E, that's EASTER25, to save 25% off an already affordable class that retails for only $19.99 normally, so you're getting it for a very good price. First, though, let's turn to Low Sunday. So today is Low Sunday. It's really called Low Sunday to contrast it with last Sunday, the great Sunday of Easter, Easter Sunday, which is in some places really called High Sunday. Low Sunday, though, is a Sunday of many different names. It's also known as Quasimodo Sunday because some of the first words from the introit from the Mass in Latin are Quasimodo. And this is actually why we have the character, and you've seen him in, uh, likely in Disney and elsewhere from... Um, 
uh, published by, um, you know, in that movie with Quasimodo, the character is named because he was allegedly born on Quasimodo Sunday. It's something that you might not think, why does this guy, you know, have such an unusual name? It's really tied to Latin, the Catholic tradition of naming different Sundays in liturgical year after the first words of the introit. The introit, of course, is the prayer in the Mass. It's variable that changes uh, every different day in the liturgical year. The Sundays in particular are often referred to by the first words of the introit. So today is Low Sunday. It's also known as the Octave of the Pasch. It's also known as White Sunday, also known in the Novus Ordo as Divine Mercy Sunday, only in the past couple of decades. It's also called the Final Day of the Octave of Easter. So many different names for this particular Sunday. I think Low Sunday, though, is is the one I use most often because it really uh, contrasts with uh, Easter Sunday and really shows how it's closing the octave of Easter. As I mentioned in the episode last Sunday, Low Sunday had its own customs. In the Middle Ages, it was customary on this day for children to make their first communion. And in some places, this occurred as the mother and father would kneel beside their child and receive Holy Communion at the same time as their child is receiving for the very first time. In our times, it reminds us of the importance of hearing Holy Mass as a family, really every single Sunday if we can, to really tie the family together, especially when children are younger, and hopefully they continue the practice on into adulthood. So, Low Sunday, try to honor this today. Try to remember we are still in the Easter season. But, that being said, transitioning to topic number two, is penance appropriate during Paschal Tide? As we continue to celebrate Paschal Tide, which is 56 days long, it starts on Easter Sunday and it goes inclusively to the end of the octave of Whit Sunday. So that's 56 total days. This is a long period of time. And some people are under the assumption that fasting, abstinence, maybe even any kind of penance, uh, whether that be pilgrimages or uh, saying different prayers, saying the Stations of the Cross, like, some people have even gone so far to say that those are wrong, that we should not be doing so, chiding other people for abstaining and fasting during this time. What does the Church, though, teach? And the Church is very clear that there is, for Roman Catholics, absolutely no prohibition during Paschal Tide or even on Sundays of doing penance. Now, the Church does not mandate it, but we certainly can be voluntarily doing penance to honor Our Lady of Fatima's request, Our Lady of La Salette, our Lord's own request. Unless you do penance, you will perish, are the words from Luke 13.3. Those are very clear. And the Church has actually required certain kinds of penances during uh, the Paschal season. For instance, year-round Friday abstinence is mandatory. It is not just in the 1917 Code and previous. Even the 1983 Code of Canon Law, despite all of its shortcomings, states in Canon 1251, quote, Abstinence from meat or from some other food as determined by the Episcopal Conference is to be observed on all Fridays, unless a solemnity should fall on a Friday. Absence and fasting are to be observed on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, end quote. Note, it emphasized to be observed on all Fridays. It did not say all Fridays except those in the Paschal season. In fact, the rest of Easter time, we can say that it would be a sin to violate the law of absence on Fridays. It is not just in Lent. We should and must be observing this. Additionally, Rogation, guide, rogation Tide is coming up in a couple of weeks. 
Now, virtually forgotten by all Catholics, it's an important practice, this rogation tide. And rogation days comprise four different days in the year. One is April 25th, almost always April 25th. That's the major rogation day, and it coincidentally uh, is also the Feast of St. Mark. Now, uh, there's also the minor rogation days. Those are the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Ascension Thursday. So these four different days occur during the Paschal season. Uh, if we look, though, what does the Church's traditional practices and places involve for this, we see, well, minor rogation days date back to the year 470, when a bishop in Gaul instituted an annual observance of penance on the three days immediately before the Feast of the Ascension. He prescribed litanies in the form of processions for all three days, and thereafter they spread to the Frankish part of France in 1511, to Spain by the 6th century, to the German part of the Frankish Empire by 813, and in 816 Pope Leo III incorporated the lesser litanies, that is the minor uh, rogation days, into the Roman liturgy, and during the subsequent centuries the custom of holding these litanies became customary throughout the Church. Now, some would still ask, is penance unbefitting to the Paschal season? Now, Dom Guéranger, the great liturgist and church historian who lived around the end of the 1800s, answered this question uh, really appealing to these days, April uh, um, 25th and the minor rogation days. Now, um, from times really immemorial, the church has kept these days as days of supplication. April 25th was chosen for the major rogation days, by Pope St. Gregory. He instituted those as a public penance um, to be done, and it frequently occurs during the octave of Easter. It frequently occurs during Paschal Tide as well. Um, so there might be instances uh, where the actual procession does not fall on April 25th. I don't want to get into those uh, different nuances right now, but it's safe to say that since times immemorial, since uh, St. Gregory, who, who really ruled the church right around the year 600, these have been days of penance. And even if fasting, which is the hallmark of Lent, is um, ill-suited perhaps for Paschal Tide, absence was still permitted and even obligatory. For instance, in the former times, Rome required abstinence from meat from the faithful during the rogation days. Other places, though, like the churches in Gaul, where the minor rogation days originated, required even fasting on them. And Dom Guéranger testifies to this in his writings. He also notes that fasting on these days was championed by St. Charles Borromeo in Milan, who obviously lived there shortly after the time of the Protestant Reformation, to give you, again, some context on the time period. And although Rome has never obligated fasting during the Paschal season, Rome has still blessed and allowed other places to do so. For instance, St. Charles Borromeo in Milan. Fasting during the Paschal season is not a sin. Just as almsgiving and prayer, the other Lenten pillars are certainly praiseworthy even during Paschal Tide. So those who want to stop us from doing any form of penance at all during Easter Tide who want us to lose all of the progress we've been making in the spiritual life during this time, are simply doing the wrong thing. We need to still have penance, especially in our world today, with all the sins which continue to proliferate. It would be wrong for us to assume that we are exempt from penance at this time. We should continue to do so. And remember uh, that Friday abstinence is still mandatory.
And lastly, uh, please check out uh, the Fatima Center's website. That's Fatima.org. There's a recent article of mine on there. If you go uh, in the coming days um, to the website, Fatima.org, articles at the top, you should see as you hover over it, the article, The Almost Election of Cardinal Rampola, 1903. Now, the 1903 conclave that elected Pope St. Pius X was the scene of, the, of an almost entirely undiscussed historical event. That was the near election of Cardinal Rampola as the Vicar of Christ. Now, he was an Italian cardinal who served as a Secretary of State under Pope Leo XIII from 1887 to 1903. He was born in 1843 and ultimately lived until 1913. Now, as Secretary of State, he was known for diplomatic skills, and he played a significant role in shaping the policies in the Vatican. He was a strong advocate for the Church's social teachings, including the rights of workers and the poor, and he was an important figure in the development of Catholic social thought. For instance, it was under Pope Leo XIII that key teachings on the Church's social teachings in the Rerum Novarum Encyclical were promulgated. Now, after uh, Pope Leo XIII's death, the conclave called in 1913 actually had him as a leading candidate. However, his candidacy was actually vetoed by the Holy Roman Emperor Franz Joseph I, who objected to Rampola's election. The conclave then elected Giuseppe Sarto, the Cardinal of Venice, who ultimately took the name Pius X. Today, though, the saintly pope is best known for his conservative policies, and anybody familiar with tradition would certainly know St. Pius X, even if they've never heard of the controversy surrounding this uh, election. What's interesting, though, is why did Emperor Franz Joseph reject Cardinal Rampolo, and why does his opinion matter at all? Now, Franz Joseph I of Austria-Hungary invoked a power of veto that had not been used in over 400 years to eliminate Cardinal Rampolo as a candidate to the papacy. He did this because rumor had it that Rampolo was known to be a Freemason, or at least uh, open to and sympathetic to Freemason tendencies, though the common opinion was that the emperor had been motivated by political reasons related to the conflict between the Vatican and the Italian government at the time. However, the emperor's true reasons did not become known until 1890. 1918. In any event, though Franz Joseph I exercised his right of veto, that was a prerogative that certain Catholic monarchs had in the past to block papal elections that they saw as contrary to their interests. The veto power was subsequently abolished, actually, the following year by Pope St. Pius X, who issued a decree which eliminated the practice of the veto in papal elections, and since then, all papal elections are supposed to be decided by the Car College of Cardinals without any external interference whatsoever. As such, though, it's important to note that the process for choosing a pope has and certainly can change. In fact, the most recent changes to the process occurred in 1996. So if you'd like to read more about this fascinating incidence of history, on what authority Catholic monarchs could veto papal elections, what instances did this happen at before, and what should we do about this as we learn about this and, and pray for um, the Church today, please again visit the Fatima Center for the article, The Almost Election of Cardinal Rampola, a truly undiscussed historical anomaly that more Catholics should, and anybody who loves history, should really learn more about. Thank you for listening to this episode. May God grant you a most blessed Easter season, and next Sunday, on Good Shepherd Sunday, I'll be sharing more on how we can better learn, live, 
and practice the Catholic faith this Paschal season. God bless. We don't need